0: Welcome to the 145 World Podcast, where we are here to strengthen music careers and communities one song at a time. And now, here's your host, Jacob Wing. Yeah. Hi, everybody. And today, I have Mr. Hank Donovan with us from Rattlesnake Cables, and he has been very kind enough to stop and have a word with us and talk about all the things we might need to know. So, we'll just get right into it, if you're okay with that. Yeah. Fantastic. So the very first thing and the real main reason that I wanted to get into this is what makes a good cable for an instrument, for a, anybody that would be using cable? What sets a good cable apart from a bad cable?
1: Well, I mean, I think uh, the difference is always about durability and tone. Those are those are your main criteria. So if, uh, if your tone is there with uh, cable capacitance not being an issue where it's like darkening your Tone. Um yeah, so to avoid cable capacitance, that's one thing with uh darkening your tone. You don't want to have that happen. And then durability is the is the is the cable gonna be able to handle being on the road, being stepped on, run over by amps, and all that stuff. So, right. So those two have to be at a at a decent level. Um if one of those, if it's great tone but it's like cheaply built, it's gonna fall apart. If it's super burly, but it's got uh uh, high capacitance and it will affect your your guitar signal
0: that makes a lot of sense uh is there thing with like uh a, like introducing sound like outside like buzzing or sound yep. have you ever had run into that kind of thing
1: yep so that's a internal shielding that you'll want so again where a, you know when i say a cheap cable when you look at what costs money in a cable it's the copper oh yeah yeah that right? Makes sense. So. You know, the more copper that you have in there, the, the more expensive the cable is going to be. So the higher the gauge is, the conductor is going to be in the middle, which is a durability issue and the signal, you know, transfer issue. Um, because if you have like a nano hair, you're gonna, know, you know, bend it like this, it's gonna break, right? Right, right. Um, so the other part is the shields around that conductor. Um, once you have a cheap cable, they'll start skimping on that shield. So now you're gonna have like areas of not. Uh, or open coverage where there'll be gaps and holes. So like our cable is braided shield inside. So it's like this mesh, uh, which makes it it, that durable feel to it. But no matter how you bend it, you're never going to get a a gap. And there's a different kinds. There's braided shield and there's a Mm -hmm. spiral shield where all the strands are going in one direction. Right. And if you're twisting that, that spiral could open up. And then that gap is where radio frequencies potentially can leak in. I or, had or no power. idea. Incredible.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, as a guitar player or whatever you're using for, you never think of those kind of things. You're just like, I've heard a couple of those terms like the braiding and why that might make a difference. Mm-hmm. But that's the first time I think it's ever clicked. Oh, yeah. That is really good. Thank you so much. That is a like huge insight. Um, As an owner of, a, of your business, I've seen and I've read on your website through Rattlestink that you guys make an emphasis that your parts are milled in the United States and it's hand assembled. Can you tell, I know there's two separate parts there. Can you tell me why you think that makes such a big difference in your end product?
1: Well, I mean, it's just, uh, you know, our cable, we work with wire mills in the United States. So that's, that's something where I just felt was important, you know, just to, you know, to keep jobs going in right? the U.S. Right. Yeah, it's a huge thing. Uh, so we definitely like to work with U.S. milled cable. Um, and that, that's a challenge. It's always a very difficult difficult thing. You can go overseas and get cable for, you know, a 10th of the price. I, frankly. Bet, I bet. Um, so, but you know, it's, it's great. It's great work. We work with uh, family based businesses that do the milling. So it's like, you know, the one that we're really spending a lot of uh, time and effort and money with has been really awesome to work with in California. And, uh, that's, that's, uh, it's an important thing, you know, even though like plugs, it's like you could get, source those from different places. Mm-hmm. There's, there's certain things that, you know, you just can't avoid, so it's like as long as the the meat of the cable, which is the cable, is from you know, made in the United States, that that gives us a good feeling, and you know, they're all hand assembled up here in Missoula, and you know, by our team. So right,
0: that's cool too. That's yeah, that's honestly, it was one of the first things I heard about, and then. I had had somebody come through the studio that was just talking about your cables, these rattlesnake the cables. Like, what are you talking about? Why? It's unusual for somebody to bring that up without being prompted. Oh. I'm like, okay, well, you're talking about it. It must mean something. I look into it. They're made here in Missoula. And I about lost my mind. And then I got my first one and I was blown away of, like, the difference between the quality of what I was using before to that was, like... Well, if it kind of, it's like when you look back and you, you have that moment of, oh, I think I've made a mistake. I've been doing things wrong. Mm-hmm. And it clicks. And it was, it was a great cool. moment. Yeah. It was a huge moment. Um, we got to talk a little bit beforehand this, uh, before we started filming, and you were talking about you had been a musician first and foremost. How had that influenced or, or worked its way or maybe even helped when it came to start building cables and doing that work? Uh
1: yeah, it's a it's a strange parallel journey between the two. There's also a, an occupational change where I was a web developer and a programmer for mm-hmm. many years, mm-hmm. right? Um, those all you know converged into Rattlesnake just because I was a musician. I was a kind of a nerdy electronics guy, dabbled in pedals and whatnot. So I just right. you know. Just messed with a, a few items, and then as a developer, I worked in a virtual world, which absolutely now in hindsight, I absolutely hated it because it was so virtual. It was it, meaningless. Mm-hmm. I was just typing stuff and I was making things, and you know, a year they're obsolete. They're on hard drives, they just go away. Um, I wanted to make something tangible, and that's what led to oddly enough cables, which wasn't like a, a like oh that's what we're gonna do next. I just happened to build a couple of cables and right. enjoyed it. And immediately um, I had band members uh, from a, v- a variety of <laughs> things were just like, what is that? And then they were saying, can you make me one? It right. was like, suddenly I'm like, oh yeah, I can make you one, you know? And, and then it just started to, to blossom like on its own. It's so, the most natural thing I've yeah. ever heard. Yeah. It was very weird.
0: That's when you know you've got something right there. Is when yeah. people start, can I get one of those? Yeah. Huh. That's fantastic. The next thing I want to ask you about was, you guys offer a lifetime warranty, which is unusual these days. It's rare in modern America and what we've built now to have a company actually offer that and honor a lifetime warranty. Is that a struggle? And what, was, what went into the choice of, of offering that and doing that?
1: Well, I mean, in cable world, that is kind of a common thing. You'll see that a lot. Um, but uh, I, think, I think we do a good job. So we don't we don't have a lot of those warranty issues, right? Um, and I always like working with people that even in their mind fall outside the warranty. We even had uh, you know dogs eating cables, and they, they just <laughs> can't tell, imagine. Uh- yeah, and they just tell me that you know their dog ate their cable, and was like all bummed out. And I was <laughs> like, we'll send it. We'll we'll put two ends on it. And now you're going to have like two cables where they ate <laughs> through the middle. And they'd be like, what do I owe you? And I was like, don't worry about it. And oh, I'll my it with dog oh, my goodness. Oh, my, you're kidding me. We do stuff like that all the time um, when we get them. But like I said, it's it's not that often. It's pretty rare, in fact. And um, it's just one of those things. It's just I'd rather have a, a customer be loyal to the brand and because they believe in the company and the product and the service we offer. Mm-hmm. So it's a small price to pay, you know, it's just like, you know, I could be stingy and say, well, you know, your dog ate it, tough luck, right. whatever. And, and you know, okay, well, you're going to send us the cable. We're going to make, you know, two cables out of the one cable. I made that person's day. They're, they're going, if it was an accident, it wasn't their fault, you know? And, um, there's stuff like that where it's like, I know their word of mouth is going to tell people and that, you know, uh, to get other customers knowing that, you know, we'll take care of them is a big thing. You know, there's other, there's other companies that do weird stuff where it's like you send one in, they just send you back. It's all just very, you know, like, uh, corporate or whatever. Um, I definitely like to work with people and like, just, you know, tell them I got them. Don't worry about
0: it. No, the interpersonal connection, it's, it's that next little step that, yeah, you've made a customer for life right there.
1: I mean it hurts on our on our bottom line you know right. you don't want to be doing that all the time, but you know it's at the end it''s, it's it, it actually gains it 's the long
0: yeah, term view versus the short term view yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It makes a lot of sense and that 's one of the reasons that you know those kind of things are why when I first started as an engineer or as a guitarist or whatever it may be when you start to realize that cables make more of a difference than you think oh, and yeah. you, it's time to change them out you make that kind of yeah. it's okay to make that kind of investment put a little bit more money out there because it's going to look more long term than yeah. short term
1: that's the biggest challenge we have too someone will spend three grand on an amp and two grand on a exactly, guitar yeah. and they'll buy a five dollar cable mm-hmm. you know and you're like and they'll be like well it's just a cable and I'm like well you know it's, <laughs> it's just cable but you know it's, that's one of our
0: proudest episodes I think we've done for this for the 145 world is that we did a whole episode on what sound priority, what you should really be invested Mm -hmm. in. And cables wound up being number three out of like 10. And it it really wanted to emphasize that you don't think about it, but it makes so much more difference.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's an accessory. So that's the same as a guitar pick and a strap, mm -hmm. you know, but it's like, but but it's it's not, (laughs) it's part of the sound in your mind. you think it's an accessory, but it's part of the sound. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's it's an important piece and people that get it, Definitely get it. And then there's a group of people that don't get it that eventually
0: will. Exactly. (laughs) It's part of that learning curve. It's part of the learning curve. It's how, you know, like how far along are, Oh, okay. You get it. You're, you got it. Also cables aren't fun and cool. And we try to
1: make them a little. Fun I was going to say cool. yes. Yeah,
0: so I've seen it. I've, you guys have done pretty good, especially with yeah. your your social media stuff that yeah. you guys have done, and the the giveaways, and just the the braiding and the colors you guys offer. Yeah, you guys found a way to make it fun.
1: Yeah, yeah. So that that helps that too, where it, it goes beyond just a, just an accessory, right? You know? So it's 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 a thing that people mm-hmm. need.
0: Yeah, fantastic. Hi there, and welcome to the ad break. We're just going to take a moment to let everybody know about our community of growing members, and if you'd like to be a part of that, just look at the info below, and there will be a click there for an email sign-up to join in and get your voice heard. As well, as you're enjoying this content, please join our Patreon at patreon.com slash the numbers 145 world. There you can join any of our groups and you can add to the discussion of what topics we will choose that will help you and hopefully future members of our groups, as well as join monthly Q&As and other such benefits. Again, that's patreon.com slash the numbers 145 rural, and we look forward to seeing you there. Now, back to that regularly scheduled episode, and enjoy that content. Thanks again. What was it like watching your company start from where you were just kind of that, you were talking about that natural growth where it just kind of became a thing over time. What was it like when it started to expand and grow? What was that like for you?
1: Uh, it was amazing, terrifying and difficult <laughs> and uh, fulfilling and depressing. It's, it's all of those things. <laughs> um, so when, when we go from a concept to a business, to a business where you decide this is the direction we're going. So I mean, I still needed to pay my mortgage and I have kids and and all that, and it's what you basically call, you know, a hobby business mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. first. You know, first it was just an idea, then it turned into a hobby, and it turned into a hobby business. But then to convert it from a hobby business to that's the thing that we're doing is a very hard leap, and that's a scary leap. And that happened in about 2000, uh, mentally 2018, 19, definitely 2020. Was the year uh, Amy, my wife, and I took our first paycheck. Um, it was the year Max quit his job and worked with us full time. Oh, that's a big year. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, three months later, it's a pandemic. <laughs>
0: of course, of course. <laughs> so,
1: so that's part of the terrifying thing. Um, but um, to see it when you when you've committed to the business and say, this is the way we're going is a, is a pretty amazing feeling. Um, where we just let go of all the other things and we knew we were going to take a sacrifice and then to really focus all of our energy into it. And then when you look back at it now, you know, we're still trying to climb the hill, but you look backwards and go, wow, look where we came from. You know, it's very satisfying. That's that's
0: amazing. But
1: we have so far to go
0: though. Isn't it that that's, uh, that's how, you know, you're talking to somebody who really believes in what they're doing because it's never about yeah, it's amazing where you are coming. It's always what's coming next, yeah. or that next step. Like, oh yeah, that's pretty, that's great, but guess what's coming up? Yeah. Or I mean, I feel so like we're just starting, right? Honestly.
1: So I mean, I feel like we're like step one. You know, that's the one step was you know ten years, mm-hmm. but now it's like okay, now let's get stuff done.
0: And I, it's funny in the corporate world, you do you hear it so much that it becomes almost cliche. But with your company, I absolutely believe that you're. The, your, the guess what I'm saying is the more you look into it, the more that you reach out and meet more musicians, you're surprised that you're not hearing more about rattlesnake. And you're like, yep. Okay. It's going to, you know, it's going to catch on that fire is going to keep getting bigger and bigger. So yeah, I think you're dead on. It's not just a cliche. It's, I bet there is a lot more to go on. I can only imagine the things that are going through your head and, and are, so. yeah. <laughs> um, I think that's pretty much a one to, to that I think we'll take a shift. And now we're going to talk more about your life. If you're okay with that. Okay. Fantastic. Yeah. Quickly. All right. And just before we go into talking about you and your personal life, I just want to share with these guys here and then maybe have you answer a quick question about this one. Uh, my experience with your company is I had had a couple of cables that I bought. My wife bought me one for Christmas and then I kind of knew I was all in. So I decided that I want to get some patch cables because I was building a pedal board. And so I had reached out and made an order and there was this moment with your customer service where... You reached out. You personally reached out to me, not knowing who I was, just as a customer. And I had selected that I wanted to pick it up because it was this option that, like, you can come pick it up. Like, okay. And you're like, yeah, go ahead. Come on in. And so I went in to pick up these cables since we were in the same town. And you met me at the door. Not somebody else. (laughs) And then on top of that, as I'm already giddy because I'm meeting Hank Donovan. Oh my goodness. I mean, you're at this point you're legendary in my mind. And I know, I know, it's so so stupid. Nerds okay. are nerds, right? right? And uh and then you offer me a tour and you showed me top to bottom the the facility, the people doing the handwork, some of your new tools, everything that was going on. Absolutely blew my mind. I went home and I must have absolutely made my wife's ears bleed with how giddy I was as a schoolgirl. Like, you won't believe what happened. Instant, lifelong customer. So the segue there I'm trying to get to is that that customer service was not only great, but just next level. Is that something you guys try to incorporate into your your business plan or, you know, how does customer service make a difference for you guys?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, customer service is everything. Um, It's about creating that community and, and establishing the connection to everyone Mm -hmm. building it slowly. So you can have a great product and blast this out. It doesn't matter as long as you have that base. And if you have that base, that base is going to support you. So they're, they're going to spread the word for you. They're going to keep ordering from you. So it's, it's a big, it's a big thing. And both my wife and my, myself worked in a restaurant for years at different restaurants. And we worked together at a restaurant and, um, rattlesnakes really best built on a restaurant kind of philosophy a lot a lot of things there that are very similar it's you know when you see a crowd outside of a a busy restaurant you think that's good that just that's just one check where it Mm -hmm. says okay that's potentially good you you walk in you smell the food it smells good okay that's another check you know um my boss used to always say you eat with your eyes first so the presentation needs to be good by the time you actually eat it, you're already convinced it's the best steak you ever had <laughs> right, or, right? or whatever. And then, you know, the customer service is great. Everything starts building up building up on that and maintaining consistency. That's the other real hard thing with mm-hmm. the restaurant. You mm-hmm. come back the next time, it's different. It kind of sucks. So. All of these things I've said, you know, like our social media is that crowd outside, you know, like the, the, when you sit down is when you open the box or your buyer experience on the website, that's like, you're, you're, you know, you're, you're playing this cable and you haven't got it yet. You are already convinced it's great. Mm-hmm. Um, all the, the experience factors of how you're treated during your whole process, pre-purchase, post-purchase, you know, all of that needs to be good. And then consistency, You order again is similar the whole thing, the box, the presentation is similar like the last time. Or when you tell a friend about it and they say, oh, I got the box and I had the thing and I got a video and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you know, like I did too, right? <laughs> so those are all things I've learned from a restaurant. And, and customer service is really like where it's at. And it's, it's its an art that's like totally just getting destroyed and lost today. Amen you know? to that, and yeah. That's just, it, just the way it is, which is a great opportunity for us. Because I feel like we can do great customer service where no one else is really doing it you know? Oh, speed too. That was the other thing. It's like, Oh people, my God. Yeah. Some yeah. people take two, three weeks before you get your custom thing. Ours ship out that day or the <laughs> right. next day, right. you know? And oh. you're know, like, people are just blown away. It just, you know, just always blow people away is like what we're trying to do all the time. And it, it means we're our foots on the gas all the time and it's exhausting. I and bet. It's, it's mentally I bet. tiring, but you know, every day our team's like so awesome that we just, everyone's stoked on it. Everyone's, you know, very appreciative of like, what we have and, and, like, customers coming in. And like I said, the, the, everyone who works there works in the service industry <laughs> right, at, some, right. at some point. I'd rather hire someone who's a dishwasher at a restaurant than someone who's got 10-year soldering experience. Right. They just Because I just wanted to have that sense of urgency and prioritizing and then working as a team is, like... The restaurant and the service industry has all of those checks covered. You that know? is so,
0: genius. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's something you can't teach. Customer service is something it's, it really is a person and their personality, yeah. but you can teach somebody to solder, but. Oh yeah. Yeah. Know, that's
1: genius. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Yeah, for sure.
0: Well, fantastic. Thank you for offering. And again, from the bottom of my heart, thanks for the tour I got. I still love it to this oh, yeah. day. So yeah. that's fantastic. Um, so moving on, let's just talk about you. So where were you born? I was born in Billings. Billings, Montana. I did not know that. What yeah. was it like growing up there? I didn't. I was just oh. born there. You just said that was it, and we were gone. That was <laughs> That was when we were done.
1: Yeah, was, I've lived in all, all different places in the state. So Born in Billings, lived in Missoula twice, lived in Great Falls, lived in Kalispell, lived in Lakeside, um, lived in Kalispell twice. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, been all around. I, I, I've never lived in Helena or Bozeman. Wow. So that's, wow. that's it. But, yeah. We have
0: a lot in common. Hmm. Right, it's funny. I've lived in Billings, Bozeman, Helena, Kalispell twice. I mean, I have and uh, Butte. Oh yeah, I've lived in Butte. It's Beatt. part of being like as yeah. somebody that wants to get around in the state. It's just it's. it's so many different cultures just in this area. It's funny, yeah. but yeah, Missoula's my favorite. Agreed. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, Missoula's my favorite. Mm-hmm. And
1: I was a little kid when I lived in Missoula, and I still have very fond memories of being ages like one to eight. So you know, going to university as a little kid mm-hmm. and like you know, just it was just it was just awesome. A lot of things to do. Right. Other, other places. I but, could not agree more. Yeah. Mm.
0: All right. So you've been all over the place. What was the moment that you knew you want to start music? How did you get your introduction to music? I guess we could start there. Um, introduction and in playing music. Yeah. So like, was it a, uh, somebody in the family was a musician or uh, what was it just uh, one day?
1: No, I guess, uh, so that's why I was trying to break it down between like being a music fan and a, and a right, musician. Right, right. So uh, Great Falls, I was junior, high school, high school, and I was way into metal. Mm. Super, I was just What like, kind of era? What years are we talking about? Uh, we're talking like uh, early 80s, mid 80s. So oh, okay, okay. Of, uh, like thrash metal kind of stuff? Or no, we- no. Just uh, like Motley Crue. Okay, okay. Um, Ozzy Osbourne. Oh, yeah. Uh, big time. Um, and then I remember the first time I heard Metallica. Oh yeah, change uh, change changed, changed my brain.
0: Oh my god, you were just
1: yeah. Oh my god. So then I moved to Calspell mm-hmm. and I was way into just just metal, you know. And there was I was listening to Garage Days revisited by Metallica. Oh my god, I
0: just pulled that up the other day, and it, yeah. Ugh.
1: So there's a Misfits song on there.
0: Hmm. And there's a a, actually I think.
1: Yep. Yep. Two of them: Last Crest and mm-hmm. uh, Green Hell. Oh right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And. Uh, I'm, li- I'm listening to this in Spanish class now I'm a sophomore in high school and there's this super, su- I was scared of this guy. Super punk rock skater guy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, ne- I would never even talk to him. And he sat behind me and he just looks over my shoulder. I had a cassette tape and he goes, that is garbage. And I was just like, what? And he goes, you should listen to the original. And for whatever reason, at the time, I didn't even know those were covers. Right. I never- No, read. they didn't. They didn't. Never, it. They just put it out and yeah. said, yeah, I know what you mean. And, I, and so he hands me Earth AD, which had Green Hell on there. And at that moment, I shifted to like punk rock. <laughs> and <laughs> then the whole world of like, and then the opposite of like that, I was like DRI, thrash metal, suicidal tendencies. Oh um, my goodness. Right? But mm-hmm. then the flip side, like the Smiths, the cure,
0: the oh, mode.
1: Right. Echo and the bunny And I was way Bauhaus. <laughs> I was Joy Division. I was just so into like this. And then I went to this goth like Doomer stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the cure, Robert Smith, oh my God, right. Is
0: the reason why I play guitar. You were kidding me. Yeah. That is amazing. I mean, so that man is a genius. First
1: songs I ever played were, you know, with my friends and we were trying to learn Cure songs. And, that you know, and they got, I got a guitar and I started trying to figure out Cure songs. And that was that was the first time where I was, like, an obsessed music listener mm-hmm. to a person that was trying to, like, deconstruct songs, figure out how how they actually how can you play them right and then then start decoding that and that's where i became like a a beginning musician so i would have been in you know like uh 90 right you know 91 so and then those were the first conversations of like oh we should make a band and you know like we can play cure songs or whatever you know like try to make (laughs) our own songs and you know, just wallowed in that for years because I was in Kalispell at that time. There was no drummers. There was no, no nothing. Well, nothing. even in, in
0: a rural, I mean, we catered to, to smaller rural Is that's that's a lifelong struggle finding oh, yeah. anybody like that in the small yeah. community, especially back then. Yeah. And there wasn't like Craigslist, and oh, yeah. it's like you you could put out a newspaper ad, but then yeah, yeah. Ugh.
1: Until I moved to Missoula in '93. That's when you suddenly started like, wow, there's actually musicians. There's mm. a drummer. I know a drummer <laughs> over there. And you know, it was yeah. just like, oh, man, we could actually form a band. And right. Then, and then things were happening. Yeah. And that, yeah. Was, that was then. That was a whole different direction. And I think right? that goes
0: for a lot of people where they come from like a small community. And there's always some place there's like a community that they weren't aware of. And Missoula for us was that where there's an actual community of musicians. Yeah. And as you slowly work your way in there, just by knowing a friend or a friend of a friend else. And you're like, you're become part of this bigger thing you didn't know existed. And yep. that's, I love that. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. uh, how did you, I mean, you kind of touched upon it before that, how did you really develop a love of making cables? I mean, at this point you've been doing it this long. Is it just that it's profitable or is there a bit of hard in that making the cables?
1: Uh, yeah, it was pretty early on. It was just the fact that, uh, I mean, my quest from working with computers and making something virtual to something tangible and real, real, and the idea of making something that someone is actually using to create their art, Mm -hmm. right? So that was just that alone is super fulfilling. I can never get that from a website or working in a restaurant or anything, just knowing I'm, I'm, I'm aiding in some kind of tool Mm -hmm. to do something right. And that was very uh, satisfying and uh, you know fulfilling. And that made it really easy to transition into like how can we make them more? how do we make them better? how do you know, different offerings? and uh, yeah, just just anything that helps a musician do their thing. It's, it's awesome.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic. Oh, beyond that, I think I've pretty much gotten a lot of, of great information on you. I think you've helped a lot of people that maybe, Especially, like myself, you don't think about cables. I think you've really opened up some eyes and mm-hmm. some brains probably. Might've blown up learning some of those things. So uh, I really wanna thank you so much for your time and coming in to talk to us. Yeah. Awesome, thank you. And then if, you. As you guys, uh, if you know, whatever you're listening, if you're listening to this on a podcast or if you're watching this on YouTube, I always have YouTube, to have uh, Rattlesnake Cables linked below. So go ahead and click on that if you wanna pick up some cables. And of course, if you get a chance to go, I'll have their socials below too. So you can go check out. They have an amazing social presence. So go check that out as well. So anything else that you'd like to plug or talk about? No, I'm good. Well, yeah, thank you so much. Time. I really appreciate it. Thank you. See you guys later.